Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you again for joining another edition of Already His Workmanship. I have Logan with me today. Good morning, everyone. And uh, Dell uh, was not able to join us today. I'm sure he'll be back next week. So uh, this week we are continuing working on our spiritual inventory and going through a lot of the things that uh, work in our spiritual condition and uh, like harm our spiritual condition and those of others. And today we hit a really big one and it is fear. Um, just general fear, right? So um, it is actually something when I went through and did my uh, spiritual inventory a couple times, but when I looked at my like reasons for things or what it what were the spiritual things that happened to me because of an event or why did I do a specific thing that harmed others? Um, you know, when I was harmed, it always produced some fear in me. Um, and then when I harmed others, it was almost always driven by some fear. Like 90% of the time and like 10% of the time it was driven by a hurt and like that um, idea of righteous retribution, which is not really real, right? That there is no such thing as a righteous vengeance. All it is is just hurting another human being with, you know, with what you think is a justification, but it's really not. Um, it's not really of God, right? That thought of righteous vengeance, but though those are the categories I had when I went through um, my uh, my twelve steps and went through the spiritual inventory is that portion of fear. Um, and when I look at my life today, as it is, that fear pops up all the time, especially with family members. I have. A lot of family members where I've just had to accept that's exactly the way they're going to be uh, in life. And then I have intimate relationships where my fear is like, it's always going to be exactly like this. Whatever that moment is, uh, I'll get that fear and hopelessness that this is just going to go on for forever. Um, eventually, I get back to my thought process of it being a tide and this is just a moment where the tide's high and the tide's going to go back down again. Um, but there's lots of times where I forget that and I get filled with fear and anxiety and worry for the next day. And, you know, when I interface with people in the world, that's the number one thing I end up hearing from people is fear. We use a lot of different words for it and we use anxiety and worry and that but there's like just plain fear for me um i have a verse that, that spoke to me about this when i was reading this week and it's from the message vibe uh, bible and it is luke 20 uh, 9 23 and it is uh, then he told them what they could expect for themselves anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead you're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, mine way, uh, to finding yourself, your true self. What good is, would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? And, you know, the reason why I was talking about that 
particular thing and how it kind of talked to talk to me in fear right so much of my fear is of some type of suffering um even though i talk about suffering being good all the time with logan which you know um is funny uh there's that fear of suffering that i just don't want to suffer anymore um and then i'll try to do it on my own which you know i've talked about a lot that i'm not god but anyway still struggle with playing god all the time myself and then the self-sacrifice right once i get back to that self-sacrifice and thinking about um relentlessly owning my own stuff then everything starts to get good again um and the the, the last line what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you the real you um I feel like that's what fear drives a lot of us to do, right? To go after all these things we think we want and then completely lose ourselves in the process. Um, I know that's happened to me multiple times in my walk in recovery, right? Where I started focusing on something, being a great, great at work was a big one, right? And achieving a work. And I started to lose myself, my like the real self in that. And then I've talked about Logan with this, the, with Logan in particular about this multiple times. And then God took away all satisfaction I had for being a successful salesperson and turned it to ash in my mouth where every time I made a successful sale, it just tasted like ash. And it was a very strange thing to go through for five years as a salesperson. Um, but when I tie that back into fear, right, you know, um, all that stuff was driven by fear, a fear of not getting an approval, fear of not being successful, fear of not being able to provide for my family, fear um, that I just wasn't a good person, all these different fears there. So um, that just drove, drove so much of my uh, behavior in recovery, right, now that I've become aware of it. And before I went to recovery, it drove almost all of my use of uh, alcohol or drug or pornography was all around numbing myself from the paralyzing fear I felt about everything. Even though there was like pain from the past, um, it was really the fear that I would be that helpless child again, right? That was the biggest pain in there. So um well, i'll let you talk for a while there logan i disclosed a whole chunk of stuff there for myself <laughs> yeah i mean the, the the frustrating thing that i find and uh, about fear is that is that you, i seem to have addressed it and then it just continues to come back um it's just so pervasive you know i think it's deep deep uh deep rooted at the heart of of all of us and so it's something that that we have to gear up to to constantly be having a battle with it's not something that we're going to be able to find um, a fix you know a mindset that that is immune to it or something like that because you know just some of the, the different types of fear that you touched on like the fear of like for me the fear of not being able to provide for my family is i mean it's it's a bit ludicrous um you know i mean live in a first world country um, I have a marketable skill set. 
where, you know, if something didn't work out for me at my place of employment, I probably wouldn't have a tough time finding at least something that could provide a subsistence level um, living for my family, but it's something that I still stress out about all the time. You know, I know that it still drives, if I, if I look into behavior that I, you know, that I engage in or decisions that I make, there's always this thread at the, at the base of it of, of basically, you know, not being the provider that I'm supposed to be and the fear of, of rejection or et cetera, that would come along with that. You know, I mean, to the point where it's not even, oh, you know, my children will starve or my you know wife will, you know, will starve. It's, it's a, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to provide the, the lifestyle that, that my, my family is used to, or, um, you know, be able to create the opportunities that they deserve or whatever. And, you know, many of those are things that I didn't have when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I grew up to be a, a, a decently happy and healthy individual who, you know, could maintain some healthy relationships. So, you know, it's not like these things are mandatory, but they still drive that, they still drive that fear. And, you know, what it really boils down to for me is that the more intimate intimacy I have with the Lord, the more I have faith in him, the less my fear drives me. And so it's that classic balance, the classic battle of faith versus fear. And, you know, I have I had a, a, a mentor in my life, his name's Steve, and, and he would always say that, like, you know, fear is really just having faith in the enemy rather than faith in the Lord many and many times where you um and then he would always say (laughs) said you know doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs you know by default you know we oftentimes some some fear some doubt comes up and we we believe it by default and he said no actually doubt those things doubt the doubt the doubts um doubt those fears and you know and and gear your mind toward believing the things that you've decided that you're going to believe. And so it, it sounds simple and et cetera, but it, it's been profound in my life many, many times where something negative will come up or I'll be afraid of something or worried about something. And you can just take that moment to say, you know what, I'm going to doubt that um, because I know who the Lord is. You know, I know what he's already brought me through. And, um, you know, we're at church right now. We're going through the book of Joshua. And I think the, couple of chapters in they the israelites build these memorial stones and these memorial stones that are signifying basically the lord bringing them through the the desert and bringing them across the jordan river and so they build these memorial stones and they you know so that they can always them and their future generations can always look back at these stones and they can remember what god did and i feel like that that's a big deal in our lives. You know, we don't build stone monuments generally in our life, but taking the time to remember and taking the time to not only honor the Lord for what he does do when he brings us through something like taking the time instead of just moving on, taking the time to actually say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me through that thing. And then periodically in our life, looking back at those things and reminding ourselves of what he did, reminding the, ourselves again and again of, of, of what he brought us through. I think that's the, 
that's the poignant thing for me about some of the biblical feasts and the things that the Israelites did, you know, like their, their holiday, basically their version of holidays, their holidays at the core of them were all stories of times where God came through for them as a people. And so they would remember these things every year, you know, they remember Passover every year and, you know, be consistently reminded of the things that the Lord did. And I believe that that, that was intentional to, in order to continue to build their faith, you know, to create those times of the memorial stones where they can look back at them. And so that's something that I've been doing in my life, attempting to do is when, when the Lord does something, giving him, the, you know, giving him honor for it, but then also continually reminding myself of, of those things. You know, we have a, I'll end with this, but we have this Wednesday prayer meeting at our church and my, my good friend, Robert is, is on eldership now with my, with uh, Tyler and I. So there's three of us running this little, little church plant now. And um, he kind of heads up prayer and he has been starting our, our prayer meeting every week with, okay, what are our praises? And it's been a really cool experience because, you know, you're in this room, there's, you know, somewhere between 20 to 30 people in the room. And every week there's something that the, that the Lord's done every week that there, there's something to praise him for. And it just lifts my spirit and it allows me to sometimes win that battle against fear when I can see the, the Lord coming through in other people's lives, even if I'm still in the suffering in some areas of mine. So there you go. There you go. All right. Now for the time of uncomfortable disclosure for Todd. So as you were thinking, uh, Logan, or as you were talking, um, I was like, okay, go ahead and talk to him about what is your biggest fear, Todd? So my biggest fear is at the core of, of everything for me is the thought that I am fundamentally unlovable. The things that happened to me as a child, the things that were done to me made that part of my core belief that I was fundamentally unlovable. And at the core of all of Todd's stuff, my performative nature, my black sheep nature that is just like two middle fingers to the wind, spiteful of the whole world. Um, the, these, these parts of me, they're all really driven from this one central fear of Todd is fundamentally unlovable and no one will ever really love me. And that is what pops up with my wife, you know, I do stuff around the house expecting to get something in return for it. And she may be in her own world looking at things and doesn't notice that I helped out. Um, you know, we have two, two kids that are like eight and 11. It's a super busy time of life, right? It's, you know, there and, you know, when I'm on my good spot, I can just be like, I'm so thankful x happened right and you know we went down to the beach last week and um there was an alexa there and my son 
wanted to listen to music, my oldest son, and we started listening to music. And I just started having Alexa play all kinds of songs that I love. Um, and we just hung out in his room at the beach and, you know, multiple different times. We spent like a half an hour, 45 minutes just hanging out together, uh, listening to music and like just hanging out together. And this beautiful thing happened where, you know, uh, I went from like having this time where um, like in that like preteen adolescence dad thing that happens where we kind of lecture way too much and don't just participate in our child's lives enough. That's what was happening for the past several months. And I just got to exist with my son and connect with him on something that turns out super, super important to him. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I get to do that. Like, and a couple of weeks before that, I played video games with him and he loved it. It was like super special to him. It was, he just made him so happy that I sat down and played with him uh, there. So, um, yeah, so those are the things there that, um, like I see there, right, as a pretty big deal. Um, just like how much I am, like, so grateful for those things that have happened, um, in the previous just couple weeks, right? Um, but if I'm stuck in my fear, man, I don't get a chance to see that. Um, one of the things I've learned about fear is it stops you from seeing solutions to issues in your life. It clouds our vision like a fog. And the worse the fear, the worse the fog, the harder it is to see a solution through things. Um, then this weird thing has happened for me with fear as of late. Um I when I acknowledge that I tremble in fear of the Lord Almighty, the the creator of the universe, this infinite being, well then I don't really have fear of anything else, right? Like there's only one thing to really be afraid of is this infinite being, even though he has infinite mercy and infinite grace, he's still this infinite thing that is so far beyond my understanding. That when I sit down and meditate on it, there's just fear there of just the enormity of God. But at the same time, God comes into that space and um, it changes into this like loving embrace that, that I can relate to. And all my other fear abates almost instantaneously. Um, that and then. Fear's also really tricky for me because like it's not it's not the first thing that happens to me when fear is there, when that's driving me, right? The first things that happen to me are two things. I uh get resentful towards somebody else and want to have them start trying to make Todd be okay. Uh so that's the first thing I do, or I get angry, right? Those are the two things that I do uh really consistently. I try to control others or I get angry, which is why we talked about those the last few weeks, right? Because like those are the things that I do, but they're always driven by fear. And most of the time it is driven by that fear that Todd is fundamentally unlovable. So yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's at the core of so much, so much 
beha- bad behavior <laughs> in my bad decisions in my life. I think you, you touched on something there though that I wanted to highlight. And that's, I think, you know, I think that that's a verse in the Bible that a lot of, you know, those references to fearing the Lord is something that people I think really struggle with because, you know, we have this being that, you know, it's our, it's our father, our creator, and he loves us and he accepts us where we're at. And so this idea of, of fearing him, but I think there's a, there's a concept that we kind of miss, which is there's almost like there's one thing that you can be afraid of in your life at a time. Really, you know, it's like we, we're really very linear that way where, you know, we, we, a fear, it, a fear isn't really the concept that fear is just being afraid is not really complete with what fear really is. It's sort of like that thing that drives your decisions, that thing that, that, that thing, that negative element that drives your decision-making at any particular time that, you know, that's a huge element of it. And so I think the, the call in the, in the word of God is like, is to fear the Lord in really what it means is like, is crowd those other fears out really. And so you know, if you're going to have a fear of something, you know, if you're going to, to, you know, then, then fear with the, you know, fear the Lord in, in the aspect of acknowledge his power, acknowledge that he is someone that you, you know, instead of your, your, your wife or your kids or your, you know, your boss or whatever, instead of making your decisions based on keeping that person happy, like you should be making your decisions based on keeping this person happy. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a complicated, you know, I think you could probably spend an entire sermon series talking about it. But, but to me, there's that, this aspect of an exclusivity where, it, where what he wants to do is he wants to crowd out these other things in your life. So it's like, hey, wait a minute. No, no, don't make your decisions based on that. Make your decisions based on how our relationship and what I've said to you. And it's, it's fear really isn't probably the perfect word for it, but it's like respect and obey what I'm telling you to do rather than respecting and obeying these things that, that are leading you to death, that are leading you to, to bad behaviors that are, that I've, you know, trust me that I have a plan for your life, that I'm going to take care of you rather than trusting yourself. And I mean, that's just so much of our Christian walk is moving, is moving out of our own control and moving into his control. Um, but, you know, fear in particular, it's like, should, you know, I, the one I'm worried more about whether or not I'm honoring the opportunities and the privileges that he's given me with my life and making sure that, that they amount to something positive for people and, and the call that he has on my life. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you've given me these opportunities. You've given me these gifts. You've given me, you've blessed me with this wife and with these kids. Am I not, not being afraid, but like, am I seeing the gravity of that and doing the best that, that I can for you in that area? Or am I making decisions based on my own desire to be loved or to be venerated or et cetera? And so, I don't know, I think, I think that kind of crowds out that ability for me to do, to do those things based on something that benefits me and back to, you know, what he's called me to do. And anyway, just, just my own thoughts on that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what made me start thinking about it was the last two years of the pandemic. Right. And then, you know, 
going through the pandemic, especially the early days of it, when we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, my fear of work just went completely away, right? Like, I wasn't afraid about work anymore. That is another huge thing to be afraid of, right? That was bigger. Mm-hmm. So, like, my experience with fear just in the world without without even having God be part of it is whatever the biggest fear is the fear that gets the attention, right? So I was afraid of losing my job. Oh, pandemic happens. Like, afraid everybody I know is going to die, right? And, like, suddenly the, the fear that I had around work was, like, meaningless because it was like, oh, my gosh, there's something so much worse that could happen mm-hmm. than me just losing my job, right? Like, and have I have so much less control over how it happens, right? Like, I have a the idea of control for work is at least somewhat plausible. It's totally impossible and implausible for me to control anything with the pandemic, right? I can't control other people's behaviors. I can't control anything. I can't control, like, how biology works or any of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so that took there. And then I was out walking one day, like, what, six months or a year into it. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, you know, it was actually two years into it. But it was, I think it was after we moved here to delaware it was oh hey look at that <laughs> if i fear god then i don't fear anything else like i don't fear my boss i don't fear anything like because i'm afraid of what god is capable of doing I don't know. like all the other stuff just kind of goes away um for a long time my biggest fear was the fear of the future and that got taken away through a significantly long like yeah, no, you walked through me through that spiritual dry spell. Logan, it was like three uh-huh. years. Yeah. Um, and so that went away, the fear of the future, but fear was still there. Um, but now it's like, oh, okay, like if I do this, then then it's like a healthy thing, right? It's like the fear is correct. Um, it's the only thing really worthy of my fear is God, right? Is is almost the way I think of it is like Fear is such a powerful emotion, such a powerful driver. Um, it, it needs to be applied to something worthy of that much passion, that much work, that much energy. It, it needs to be applied to something that's actually wholly worthy of being feared rather than all these things that aren't really worthy of my fear and energy in and of itself. So um, it feels like the most appropriate thing to do. Because like I can only think of God it's conceptually in my head as being the thing to fear. Um, and when I do that and think of that, then all of a sudden, boom, you know, everything kind of abates and my life is significantly better all of a sudden. Um, and then I can get back to um, my remembering that, you know, suffering happens to me so that I rely on God and I can rejoice in it, right? Um, and then I can say the crazy stuff that I've said to you is like, I rejoice in my suffering. I'm so grateful for it. You know, and you look at me like, stop talking. Stop saying that. I don't want well, to feel that way about what I'm going through right now. So, yeah, well, I mean, Paul called us to do that, right? You know, and, yeah. and you know, rejoice in our suffering and, and, you know, it's, it was sort of a, foreign concept to me until i started you know more embracing 
embracing the process, right? I even had this conversation the other day with somebody and they're like, wow, you seem pretty, uh, this, you know, this recent job change for you has been really rough. I'm like, oh yeah, it's been really rough. And, uh, you know, oh, you know, so what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to get something else? You know, you know, you could probably find something else pretty easy, right? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know that I'm supposed to leave yet. They're like, why? You're kind of miserable. I'm like, yeah, but I might be miserable because the Lord wants me to be miserable right now. <laughs> they looked at me like, what? That's, that's so, that's so crazy. Like, you know, if you're miserable, that means that you're doing something wrong, right? Or something is wrong. I'm like, well, not necessarily. I mean, it could just be that I'm in a process and the Lord wants me to go through the process. And so he hasn't, you know, so changing and, and going back in another direction and doing something different isn't like that might just be short circuiting. And let's be honest, then this goes back to the fear of the Lord. Like if he wants me to be uncomfortable for a while because he's developing something in me, you don't think that that's going to go with me if I go somewhere else, if I do something else, like if that's the process that he has me in, and that kind of gets back to that fear of the Lord. Like the Lord is trying to produce something in me, right? If he's trying to refine me like gold, right? What do you do to gold? You like turn up the heat and then the impurities bubble at the top and then you scrape them off. And if you want to get it more pure, you turn up the heat more and you turn up the heat more and you turn up the heat more until it's boiling, right? And then this stuff comes to the top. Well, if that's the process that we're in with the Lord, like, like the idea of fear, it's like, am I concerned about other things or am I concerned about, the guy that can do that to me, I'm mean, the Lord can, his, his refining process can follow me anywhere in my life, anywhere that I can go, anywhere that I deal with. If he's determined that he wants to refine something out of me, it's going to get out of me unless I totally resist it. And then the process just becomes endless. Right. Wow. And he's going to, regardless of where I go. Right. So like, I, I have to submit to that process and then, and really go Lord. Like, I know that you're doing something to, that, out of love for me in the same way that I would discipline my children and not not out of anger, not out of hate, hatred, but it's like, I'm working with that with my oldest son right now. He has a really hard time getting up in the morning, a really hard time getting up in the morning time for his alarm. So what do I do? I wait. And when his alarm goes off, I'll give him some time. I'll give him an opportunity to get up. And if he doesn't, I go in there and I make sure he gets up and he, and it's relentless. Right. And I don't want to do it, but like, it's relentless. And it's going to happen. I'm going to continue to do that until he can get up on time for his alarm, because that's an important thing for him for the rest of his life to be able to get to work on time, get to school on time. And so like if the Lord's have got a process like that going for me, like he, he's doing something for my benefit. It's going to follow me wherever I go. That is, that's something that, so to submit to that and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to this process is the only sane thing to do, even though for much of my life, having the illusion that I'm in control of my life meant that I, oh, every time there's something that's there's suffering, every time there's something uncomfortable, I need to make a change. Like, no, maybe the Lord is just allowing me to be uncomfortable right now because it's producing something in me that he knows is for my, for my good and for my benefit. But Yeah. I think I may have said something to you like that in the last couple of weeks about you're probably supposed to stay there, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I may I may have said that too. Yeah, but. you, you. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't take that as like the Lord came down on you know and spoke to me, and I'm going to make all my decisions based on that. But it's certain, certainly something that I considered. You know, yeah. I mean, you've been in the, the the process that I've been in many times. And you have wisdom that you have through your life and 
so I, I, I take that input um, and I, you know, I've been wrestling with it and I've been praying about it, uh, you know, as to, as to what is, you know, what's the appropriate response. Um, but, but I, I don't want to make, uh, yeah, it's just, a, you know, fear, like we talk about fear, but like fear is such a powerful, like I was just sitting here th- while you were talking and thinking besides love, like, is there a more powerful driver of human behavior than, than fear? I mean, we looked at it in the last couple of years during the pandemic, like fear and we're, I mean, we're, you know, and people are on different sides of this or whatever, but I mean, I don't even really hear many people talking about the pandemic anymore or COVID or whatever. People are pretty well getting back to life and figuring out how things work and learning to live with, you know, COVID, uh, you know, as people get in and people to get tested and they stay home for five days and, you know, it's sort of become the flu, you know, and, and or, or, or whatever. But I still see tons of behaviors driven by, driven by fear. There's still people, I still know people personally very personally who have still never like they won't gather with people more than like three or four people in a room. And it's been the better part of almost it's over been over two years now. And they're just petrified that, that they could die. And you know, that once that root takes that fear, that fear takes root in our hearts. Like it's, it's an incredible driver of human behavior. It's an incredible driver of behavior for me. And the only thing that I that I can think of that's more powerful than fear is love. That will make that will you know you hear those stories about people like doing things, overcoming fear, and becoming incredibly brave on behalf of their love for something for someone. And so I'm just thinking it's like the big two. I was thinking is there like a big three? Is there a third one? But like those are two huge drivers of of our behavior and our thought life. And, um, so it's something to definitely take seriously and and examine yourself and see like, what is fear? Am I fearing the right thing? And then what is fear? What kind of decisions is fear driving me to do in my life? And are those appropriate really? Like are those consistent with the way that I feel like the, the Lord feels about me and, or, you know, how I feel, you know, the, the love that my family has for me, like are my decisions and, and are my fears consistent? They make sense. Or am I just continuing to labor underneath them? Anyway, that's, I mean, I, that's, that's like a, that's like a daily thing for me right now. You know, as I, as I wrestle daily with, uh, with what I'm supposed to do in a, you know, with, for, for work and, you know, life yeah. and leading a church and all those kind of things, you know, through the financial stuff and all that stuff. It's like, you know, am I making my decisions based on, you know, what am I believing right now? And what is that driving is that what is that driving me to make my decisions well and you saw me make some job change trying to make things better <laughs> it just got worse yeah <laughs> and then everything got better again right where god just took care of me and moved me to where exactly where i was supposed to be and after i had suffered through what i needed to suffer through and produce what it needed to produce in me to do something different right mm-hmm. and so um that's definitely there um and you know like i'm not god i don't know exactly how god's gonna work in your life i do know that no matter how hard i might try to change it it's going to be there as long as god wants it to be there it's not something i have control over at all even though i want to so and my biggest takeaway for me today from this 
podcast is um, the thought that came on me as we were here was man, the only thing that's really worthy of this powerful emotion of fear for me is God. Like, oh, wow, that like, for me, that's a transformative thought that happened while we were talking today is like, what is actually really worthy of it? Because it's such a powerful thing. Like, we think all the time, like, what's worthy of my love and adoration, right? My kids, my wife, like, we, we do that all the time. What's worthy of that? Um, but I've never, ever thought in my entire existence of what's actually worthy of my fear. Um, you know, because most of my fear, it doesn't, it's not all of it. I can't think of anything that I've actually been afraid of that was actually legitimately worthy of my fear right um so that that's something i'm gonna have to meditate on a lot with god on that one because i think that's at least going to be transformative for me um as we look at that um i mean i'm gonna have to go back through and uh look more at my uh forced up again and just kind of contemplate that that reality being different um for me so um so one of the wonderful things about doing this podcast is thus far it's helped me tremendously because it keeps on forcing me to deal with stuff i may have not wanted to deal with like every week i'm like oh great i get to deal with this and i get to self-disclose this that's going on in my life awesome that's that's great um sarcasm doesn't really come through very well on the speakers (laughs) there but um um, but it actually ends up being great, right? I end up having a transformed life that my life is better. And I end up being able to love my family and my wife and my kids better. And I just keep on growing as a person, right? Which is kind of what, I don't know, that verse talked to me about today, right? The, the self-help wasn't the way, Jesus is the way, right? It's self-sacrifice. Um yeah, every time I do that, every time I focus on that, my life completely changes again. So um, so I, I guess I'm just going to go try to do that well today um, since I just spent, you know, a big chunk of time talking about it. Um, yeah, so um, I try to put these things I talk about every week into really into practice because uh, they're the things I need to practice as well. So. Um, well, applying them to our lives, that's the difficult part, right? And that's why we've tried to take this measured approach of going slowly. You know, yeah, we're not, we're not doing three hour long podcasts with, you know, where we're, and, you know, going through all this material because the, um, the, the truth is, is that it takes an, and it takes a significant amount of time to apply anything to our life and actually modify, like actually drill it down into the place into our, part where it actually modifies our behavior and our decisions. And so we want to be very measured with how far, how quickly we go through things, because, you know, there's just only so much work that you can do at a time on, on your heart. Um, and if you move on too quickly, sometimes you can miss something that can really change your life. If you'd spent a little bit more time really fully integrating it into your life. So. I'm so glad you're being intentional with that. I was just going as fast as I could. I was like, because every podcast brings up something to me that I have to process. And so I'm like, oh, 
I had to process this before I get to go on to the next thing. So yeah. it was completely unintentional on my part. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I can only go through it this fast because stuff keeps on coming up for me. So, um, uh, so I'll, I'll yeah, maybe it's, my maybe it's to... yeah, maybe it's because you're you're just you're better at this than I am. Like as oh. far as the the self work, like it's it's uh it's been foreign to me until the last couple of years. Like it's like you. My, my default setting before was ignore yourself and just work on external stuff for, yeah. and that's kind of the way I, I operated for about 40 years of my life. Like yeah, control me, things it's... outside of you. Don't try to control things in, inside of you. And then it's mm -hmm. like, you get to the point where you realize, Oh, I've controlled everything that I can control. And yeah. now I'm restless, hopeless, discontent or yes. whatever. And now I need to, you know, turn my attention and gaze toward like the only, the things that I actually can control is like how I, if, if I have any control whatsoever is how I react to external stimulus stimuli and like how I think about them. These are the things that I can work on that I can actually change my life and change the way the, you know, the way I interact with people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's, yeah, that's right where I end up getting as well. So like, <laughs> You know, and for me, I'm just like, it becomes a place where I can praise God of like, hey, like, thank you so much for putting these limiters on my life because um, they need to be there. And well, you know what? They're on pretty much everybody else's life too. So being slow and going through, through things um, will allow everybody else to receive what I'm receiving as well because we'll be able to work on their individual lives as well. So, um, which is the wonderful thing about God, right? Is he blesses these actions among us to benefit everybody. And, and um, even those of us who are like participating in the creation get amazing amount of benefit. It's, I just don't understand how God does that. Right. So, um, well, thank you everybody so much for joining us today. Um, we're actually going to continue on with a couple other different uh, fears that we need to address over the next couple of weeks. It's probably the biggest topic within the, within the spiritual inventory to cover. Um, so we'll be staying in there for a few weeks. Um, thank you all for sticking with us. Um, I thought when we started doing some of this hard work that less people will listen and more people have started listening. So um i praise god for that and i'm just so grateful for everyone um i hope this is beneficial for you as it is for us um and with that logan would you uh, take us out in prayer yeah lord we thank you for this opportunity and time to come together Lord, thank you for the um, friendship that todd has shown me over the years and lord i thank you that you are so faithful with us um, that you continue to um, to give us opportunities to grow. You continue to keep your hand on us. Um, and uh, just thank you that you love us regardless of whether or not we do. Um, and that your your feelings about us are not, not contingent on our behavior or our performance. But that's an amazing, amazing blessing. Let us pray that this time and that these words that we've spoken would, would help and would bring hope uh, to people as they hear them and encourage people as they go through their own journeys. Amen. Amen.
Thanks, Logan. You have a wonderful week and thank you all for listening.